Hello, this is Dr. Jeff Craig, Superintendent for the West Aurora Schools, and today we have uh, visiting us in our podcast, Officer Chris Weaver. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. I appreciate the invite. Well, we're excited because we never know what we're <laughs> going to get from you, so we're, we're excited oh, about this discussion. <laughs> I'm excited too. Thank absolutely. you. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I saw this picture. Uh, Anna had sent me this picture um, with someone cherishing this mug, and so we want to probe down this a little bit. Have mercy. Most in our in our uh, our listening audience have uh, seen this movement called uh, Weaver Fever, or I guess it's hashtag Weaver Fever. What's that all about? I, I think it's just because the two rhyme. Uh, I don't I don't <laughs> I don't I don't really know. You know, it's um, it obviously it's got to do with um, some of the videos that I post sure. out on social media and. Um, you know, and, and I think people appreciate the message, and I think they also appreciate seeing um, a police officer that is not afraid to, you know, give tips and be out there and, and be in the public eye, even though we are each and every day. Uh, when you put it out on social media like that, you know, you open yourself to a lot of criticism that, you know, can just be <laughs> sent out at the, at the push of a button. But um, I think people appreciate that, and I think, because uh, there's been a few times, too, that I've I've shared some, you know, feelings that I've had over past events, and I think people appreciate the vulnerability that that shows that all officers have, uh, not just myself. But I don't know. I think I think that's where it comes from. And probably there's some. I think there's, a, you know, the the message is received probably in a more positive way, or at least a genuine way, sure. just by how you deliver the message. Yeah. Whether it's through song or whether it's just through lightheartedness. I mean, it, yeah. it's not the the stern, you know, waggle of the finger that you know you're following the, the police Correct. officer direction. Correct. Yeah, I I just enjoy opening up each message if I can, with uh, you know a little bit of music. Let's let's break the ice. You know, maybe it's a Monday morning and everybody's you know. Uh, I don't really feel like getting up today or going out to work. So let's just break it up. Let's throw a little music in there and then let's get into something informative. Um, you know, whether it be a, a crime prevention tip or something that's recently happened that we need information on in the city, whatever sure. the case may be. Yeah, and I think, you know, we're going to get into that, uh, that music uh, piece here in just a little bit. But right. uh, I wanted to get into um, some of the uh, where you come from sure. information to share with our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are a 1997 West Aurora High School grad. That seems like a lifetime ago, but it was a <laughs> lifetime after I graduated, so I can't talk much yeah. about it. Tell us a little bit about your experiences in the school district, what you did, uh, some of those influences, impacts. Yeah, I I came to the school district probably you know a little bit later than some others. I, I started in the school district in the sixth grade. Um, I had gone to Holy Angels on Aurora's West Side uh, for K through five, and uh my brother and my two brothers and my sister as well. We all started out at Holy Angels, and then around fifth grade from for me, uh, third grade for my younger brother, we made the swap. We had moved uh, a little farther west, and um, my older brother and sister had moved from Holy Angels into West Aurora High School. Uh, so my parents kind of did the same thing with us. So for me, I started sixth grade at Freeman, and that's probably one of my fondest memories. Really, <laughs> is making that transition from. Uh, uniforms, mm. you know what I mean? And um, uh, just just the atmosphere of the Catholic school, and nothing against it at all, but being able to wear what clothes I wanted, you know, and, and uh, the structure of it was a little bit different, you know, and, and seeing my friends and riding the bus, because I used to walk uh, to school every day when I was at Holy Angels, so taking a bus for the first time, that was all kind of new to me, and it was exciting. 
so I got to go with, with my friends from the neighborhood because I think I was one of the only ones in my neighborhood that had gone to Catholic school. Um, but then going, uh, going to public school with the kids in my neighborhood, that was, it was really neat. And then uh, just made that transition from Freeman, sixth grade, back when it was in elementary school, uh, to Washington and then to West. Some of the just the best things were uh, the relationships that I made with my friends, the teachers, uh, some of the most influential teachers I ever had were at West Aurora High School and uh, Washington and Freeman. Hmm. I'll never forget, uh, as, you, as you guys know, um, got my degree in theater and uh, I've been performing ever since I was a kid. And I, I'll never forget that uh, Mr. Olson, Marty Olson, when I was in sixth grade at Freeman, I was kind of goofing around and he had asked me if I liked being the class clown. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, but I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that he let me, he and, and Miss Riley and, and um, Mr. Langston, or uh, Mr. Lang, Langston, Lang, Lang, that uh, Mr. Olson, Miss Riley, Mr. Lang, they let me be creative. And it wasn't really, yes, there was a time for business, but they understood that I liked to perform and, and they would let me do that in, in different ways. And uh, so they, they kind of let me explore, you know, without being distracted. Sure. Does that make sense? Kind of facilitated your aspirations. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. And then, uh, you know, moving on to junior high, it was like Mr. Fagan in band mm. and uh, Mrs. Papadolius in choir and many others, Mr. Redling. Some of our famous Aurora names. Yeah, yeah. also, you know, just letting me, letting me be creative you know, without it taking away from my purpose to get an education as well. Um, and then, as you know, moving on to West Aurora High School with Donna Letster and Mrs. Papadolius and um, Ken Ruffalo later on. Uh, would I had known Ken since I was a child because he was good friends with my older brother. So um, I always appreciated teachers that, for me, you know, if, if you were to set me in a corner with a book and say, all right, read this, it wouldn't have worked for me. Sure. It wasn't my style. I couldn't have done that. But there were teachers there that that took me to a higher level because they understood, you know, the way that I, I learned, um, that I needed to be active uh, or act it out. You know what I mean? Uh, take the, the words from the page and create something in the physical presence. You think that was something that, um, that helped our kids flourish or, or was that an exception to the rule? where uh, teachers met kids where they were and didn't try to get them to conform to some rigid belief of here's how school should be. I mean, you really, you describe um, a very uh, customized or personalized education yeah. where people exactly. knew who you were and they, okay, let's, let's let them express and demonstrate knowledge in his own way. Sure. Do you think that was the norm or was that something exceptional at that time? I think it's something that's changed over time. You know, because I did have I did have teachers that all right, it's it's you know you're in here and this is the curriculum and this is what we're going to do and this is how I want it done, and I appreciate that I really do. But there was a, those special teachers to me that understood how I learned because I was not a uh, sit here and read it. I was more of I guess you would say an auditory learner. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a teacher even when I was at Holy Angels, Ann Heckel, who uh, would play music while you were reading, and that to me, um, I'll never forget her ever. Um, she would play just different types of music in her classroom while you were reading, and it would help me relax. And I don't know, it just opened up something where I was able to to sit and calm down and and you know just relax and and do it. But like I said, there are some teachers that you know I, I wouldn't want to say strict, and they weren't 
strict and mean and anything like that. It was just, um, you know, they, they had their, their way of teaching and sometimes I gravitated towards other teachers. Sure. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? But you I, got, I appreciate the process, but it was just, yeah, you know, nothing against that. It was just, uh, not my style of learning. And that's what, <laughs> that's why we hire a variety, right? Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, yeah. Throughout the years, um, I, I've learned to appreciate both you know, especially with discipline when it comes to law enforcement. So speaking of that, if, 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 I, if I remember hearing you were yearning to get away from uniforms out of Holy Angels to get to a public school setting mm-hmm. where you could <laughs> wear what you wanted. Right. And right. then now as an adult, you're back in a uniform. Correct. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Interesting. Well, you interesting. really know how to cut to the core of me, <laughs> Dr. Craig. <laughs> Hold on, let me uh, lay down on this couch here, and, and we'll talk about we'll, it. But, we'll, um, we'll smoke a pipe and get yeah, the yeah. steno pad out. Yeah. So not only did you graduate from Westboro High School, yes, uh, but your wife is also a Westboro grad. She is. And your children are enrolled in our schools. Absolutely. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, that decision-making and what their experiences have been, uh, not only as your, your kids in our system, but your wife and some of the takeaways she had maybe? Yeah, and uh, let me just start off by saying that the decision to, you know, put our kids into District 129 was not one taken lightly, right? Mm. There are a lot of options out there for families, um, whether it be, you know, public schools in the area, depending on where you live, of course. There's also private schools, you know, and and when you're a parent, you know, for us, we knew what we uh, had been through growing up, you know, with 129 and what programs were available. And then, you know, you just especially working in the community, you see the different options and, and the, the progress that's made by especially District 129 from the time we were kids until the time we are now parents. And at the time, we had been living outside of the district uh, when our first son was born. And we made that decision to move into the district because firsthand experience, not only as a student, but being the resource officer at West High from 2012 to 2016, there is something for everyone. Mm in District 129. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're academically inclined or musically inclined, whatever the case may be, there's something for you. I've never seen a program, you know, or, or a school district with so many clubs, especially when you get to the high school, geared towards every child. You know, there's, there's really, you know, it would kind of bother me a little bit when I come into contact as an SRO with a kid that, you know, and I'd ask him, what are you involved in? What, what, are, you, what are you into? Now, you know, what do you do outside of school? What are your extracurricular activities? And they'd say, ah, nothing. I'm not really interested in anything here. Or they'd say something, and it would, there would be a club for that. You know, that why don't you get involved? Get involved in the school because there's something for everyone here. It was an obvious choice just to come back to District 129 because there was something for everyone. We loved our education from 129, and we wanted our kids to have the same opportunities. It's a great promotional flyer for us to put out there. <laughs> No, it's a, it is. It's a great testimony. You know, you know, it's something that I wish I could have the opportunity to ask every parent in our district um, why choose here. And, and we've we've challenged some folks that, uh, quite frankly, they've had their kids in parochial schools and we've challenged them to come here and yeah. and uh, demystify what they think about well, our system. And my parents will tell you, too, with my older brother, he's he's about 10 years older than I am. He had started out at a private high school and uh, but he was the oldest and, and he was at this private school, and um, not, not really struggling, but looking for a change. And my parents really sat down with him and, and said, well, where do you want to go? And he's like, oh, well, I want to go to West. So they 
This is yeah, it's absolutely true. So they they came over with um, a booklet of the classes he had been taking, and brought it over to the counselors at West High. And the counselors at West High said, absolutely, we have all of these or can accommodate all of these. And here's what else we have on top of that. So they said, all right, well, that's really a no-brainer. Let's wow. let's bring them over. And then my sister made the transition, and then my my younger brother and I made that transition as well. No so, kidding. Yep. Yeah, my parents. You ask them, you know, to this day, they'll say it's one of the best decisions they ever made. Again, nothing against the other school. Sure. It was just um, what worked best for us. You bet. So So we fast forward you out of West High, Mm -hmm. and you um, graduated from Illinois State University. Yes. And you got an acting degree. I did. You did. (laughs) Surprise, surprise, right? I know. But then you ended up in law enforcement. Correct. Walk us or talk us through that thought process. Sure. Um, So (laughs) growing up, all right, my, my mom was uh, my mom was a performer. Always, she's always singing, always acting, always performing. Um, you know, for charitable functions and stuff like that. So there was always music and stuff like that in our house. She had been an actress, and so we, you know, we always heard about that. And then my dad, the other half of that, was uh, a graduate of Marmion Mil- uh, Marmion Academy, and then um, had become a police cadet, one of the first police cadets in Aurora's history and uh, became an officer and then a sergeant, a lieutenant, and so on and so forth. So you kind of take both of those and, and <laughs> you know, and, and then you have sense. me. And uh, yeah, so growing up, I was always performing and, and loved performing. And I still do uh, to this day. But as I went through college, different programs, um, I actually just ended up at Illinois State it, uh, through auditioning for scholarships and things like that. But I had bounced around a little bit. I had gone to community college. I had gone to Wabansi. I had gone to Columbia and Chicago and um, done some things out there. And uh, when I finished up at, at Illinois State, I was around, it was around my junior year. I just, I loved performing, but I did not like the business of sure. it. Sure. Okay? The business side of, of being a product. And not, that's not like a, I'm taking the stand against the business kind of thing. It just wasn't for me. And I figured, you know what? I can perform for the rest of my life and be happy with performing. But um, I really need to do something more. And uh, I always loved the, even as a kid, you know, like we, we had a garage built on the back of our house, a detached garage, and it was built by APD. You know what I'm saying? Really? It, was, it was my dad's friends, and they'd come over and they'd, you know, they'd be up on top putting the shingles on, doing sure. all that stuff, yelling at me to go, go get them a hot dog or something and bring it back out. But anytime you needed something, those guys and girls were there. And, and I always appreciated that and respected that. And my dad would come home with his squad from time to time with his partner, uh, Wayne Biles. And, you know, there was just that, there was a connection there. And they were doing something for, for the people of this community. You know, to me, it wasn't just Aurora as a kid. It was like, it was this huge thing. These guys are, you know, these big monster yeah. cops and they're out there chasing bad guys. So that had always kind of been in the back of my mind. And that's really half the battle is understanding the lifestyle, uh, in my opinion. But um, having grown up in it, and, and gone to the different Christmas parties and stuff like that. And, and growing up with other cops' kids, you know, you just kind of understand that dad's not always going to be at Christmas or at your birthday party or this or that. And it was just, you, you understood it and you respected it. So in the back of my mind, to come back to, you know, junior year of college and not really liking the whole business aspect of the acting thing, um, I, I had always grown up in a family of service uh, with my mom had become a nurse and my dad as an officer. Um, so to me, it was like, all right, well, what about law enforcement? You know, is it, is it something 
that I can do, <laughs> first of all. It had always been there, so it's something that I wanted to try. And I figured, you know what, if I go for it and I fail, then okay, you know, that's all right, I'll try something else. Sure, but at least you'll know. Yeah. Right, at least I'll know. So uh, I expressed that to my parents and told them, look, this is, this is what I'm thinking. And uh, my dad was never one to say, all right, yeah, you guys got to grow up and be a copper. No, he, my parents always let us choose our own path, whatever the case may be. Uh, as long as it was legal and, you know, hell, you know, but anyway, but, uh, so my parents, they never pushed you in one way or another and, um, they just supported you in, in whatever your endeavor was. So my dad kind of set me up with a couple different departments to do a ride along, you know, just to get a taste of it, you know, and I was hooked. So know, how I, old were you when you did that ride along? Uh, 19. Okay. I was 19. Uh, nah, maybe even 20, but 19, 20. And I, I rode with several different departments and, um, Aurora was, was my hometown and it was awesome from the very first call, you know? And, uh, so I was hooked right there and I started testing the, uh, I was a super senior in college because sure. I, uh, I transferred so much. Uh -huh. I, I lost a credit here or there. You love going to school. Loved it. <laughs> loved it. I loved college. Don't, don't even, college was great. And, and not even for career. the social aspects. I mean, I really liked studying what I wanted to study, Yeah. you know, but you, um, uh, after those ride-alongs and I was wrapping up my degree and I, I started testing uh, around my 21st birthday. I started testing at different departments and I uh, ended up getting hired at Northern Illinois University Police Department. Worked there for about a year. They put me through the academy and I'm very appreciative to them. I mm. uh, got a lot of good training out of there. And then Aurora kind of called and said, hey, your number's up. Would you like to come out this way? So, yeah. Heck, yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. So, and I've been here since March 24, 2003. Wow. <laughs> so That's a, that's a pretty good run so far. Yeah. yeah. So you talked a little bit about your, your acting and your passion for, for performing. Sure. Do you think that some of those skill sets has benefited you in your current role as police officer? All of them. All of them. Um, and I, I, you know, just when you break down what acting is, right, you, uh, you take a script, you're, you take um, even improvisation for that, for that matter, but we'll just go with scripted acting. You know, you take a script and you break it down um, emotionally and you break it down word for word on, on what you think the writer is, is you know, what, what their intent is from the page to the stage. And um, when you do that, when you study that, when you... Um, Allow yourself to open up to all the different types of emotions that this person, this character could be feeling. You really start to understand who you are. Sure. Um, and it opens up so many different doors for, you know, character development and, and stuff like that. So that's just at the basics, right? That's, that's your acting 101 stuff. But once you do open that up, you know, you, you kind of build that memory, you know, and you start creating all these different characters and you start building that memory of, of different emotions and, and how to connect with people. And then when you transition that to law enforcement, you know, if you, you, go, to a, you go to a call and somebody is, is pouring their heart out to you, you know, and granted, now you, you need to gather factual information and sure. evidence and the basics, the police one-on-one stuff, but you're able then to connect to them emotionally as well. You know, you can empathize with people, even though you haven't been in, the exact, in their exact shoes in the situation that they're going through now, you're able to you know, tap into that creative portion that you've already opened up in the past and truly connect with somebody. So I think that's, 
that's where that comes in. And then with improvisation, you're constantly tasked with thinking outside the box. And there is a, <laughs> a, a great connection there with police work. You know, there, there are circumstances that we come across every day that can be a first for you. Yeah. Even in 17, 20, 25 years of law enforcement, you're, you're never going to see it all, you know, and, and know it all. It'll never happen. Um, so with improvisation, you know, you're constantly tasked with yes and, basically, is the rule. Um, you know, when somebody presents you with a circumstance, your response is always yes and, let's build on that. So in law enforcement, you know, you may be, uh, all right, here's this call. Okay, I accept that. And now what are we going to do about it? How can we fix it? You know, what are, what are our resources available to us to achieve that goal? Um, so I think it all ties in. Absolutely. To answer your question. So kind of expounding on that a little bit as well, you know, when we see you on your videos and you're mm -hmm. delivering a very important message, but in your own lyrical way. Sure. Um, the Weaver Fever way. <laughs> um, it looks like you're, you're having just a phenomenal time, yeah. but we know that um, the job of a police officer is very stressful, uh, put yourself in some pretty pre precarious situations, um, often dangerous situations. So a couple of follow-ups to that. How, how do you find ways to kind of de-stress from the job? Mm -hmm. And then what are some ways that you go about to just kind of keep things light? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> don't, you have to keep things light, okay? Because, um, you know, there, there'll be a lot of times in law enforcement where people want to attack either physically or verbally you just based on what you represent. And you, you can't take it personally, okay? It's not, they're not attacking you as a person. Um, you know, maybe it's the uniform or maybe it's, you know, just cause you're there, Sure. <laughs> you know? And so they focus that on, on you. So, and you can't take that personally. Um, they don't actually know you as a person and who you are, where you've been, what you've, you know, what your experiences have been like, who you've lost in the past, you know, all that stuff. So you can't take it personally. So for me, you know, what do I, what do I do to de-stress when I've had one of those days? I play music, um, play guitar. I sing with some fellow alum. Sure. Yeah. And uh, my brother's one of them, and Ken Ruffalo and uh, Pat Roney. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, we, we, we jam out. We play music. We talk about it, um, try to explore different ways to play different songs. It's that creative aspect. You know, it just comes, comes right back. And we're all kind of in the same boat where, you know, we've all got our day jobs and the things that we like to do and the stresses that come along with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. But we all, you know, have this common ground where we get together and play music. And that's one of the things that I love to do on the family side. You know, once I once I get home, they always say like, oh, you know, you know you're a cop 24 seven. Very true. You know, because if I see something, I'm out with my family. I'm going to do something to try to better the situation. However, those stresses of it, I, I I don't want to bring home to my family when I'm home and, you know, with my wife and my kids. I want to be at the game. I want to be present, not just physically. You know, mentally, I need to be present for them as well. I need Absolutely. to cheer them on, whether it's basketball, baseball, football, their choir concerts, whatever the case may be, make a conscious decision to be present in their lives and what they're doing. And that's, that's my number one de-stressor right there is my family. That's awesome. So. That's awesome. It's, it's a great philosophy. To, it's, it's hard to do. It's, it's more it difficult is. than you think. It is. It's a conscious decision. Absolutely. And it has to be. I applaud you for do, being able to do that. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so here's a, a bizarre, and I'm not sure if there's something to this. Um, do you have a favorite restaurant here in Aurora? Who, who told you about this? I'm not sure. I'm not, I would hate to, to divulge my uh, source of information, but 
Do you have a Do you have a favorite restaurant here in Aurora? I do. That's a fast food chain. Okay. And it's, is there uh, is there a is there a standing go to order for that? There is. It's a number two soft shell with a Diet Pepsi and a Burrito Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> it's Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell. I you know I, I know that we don't. Uh, I don't know. Can we get them to sponsor your podcast? But I, you know we might. It's uh yeah Taco Bell on Galena. Um, ever since it opened, when when we were in high school, if, if you're or, shouting out, you might as well just go all yeah, in, right? No, yeah. <laughs> ever since it opened, when I was in high school, we would go. We would go right after school, before like either rehearsal or a concert or a show or something like that. And always a number two soft shell with a diet Pepsi and a burrito supreme. Mm-mm-mm. That's the three supreme tacos. <laughs> I've never swayed, ever. Now, do you take your family to Taco Bell as well, or is this just a? I will hit that drive-through regularly. When I was the SRO, I would hit that uh, hit that drive-through after every football game and every basketball game. <laughs> and when my wife was pregnant with our oldest, that was our go-to as well. I worked. I would work afternoon shift and get off at eleven and call her and What do you want? Oh, nacho supreme sounds great. And I'm going to get a number two soft shell with a diet Pepsi and a burrito supreme. And that's it. <laughs> it's just what it is. So are you are you well known there? Uh, you know what? I, I, I probably, <laughs> because I've seen, um, uh, former students that work in the window, you know, and, and, uh, I recognize them, they recognize me and, you know, I tell them, I tell them I'm proud of them for working, first of all. And, uh, thank you for uh, not doing anything to my food. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, it's, it's, uh, it's been there for a long time and uh, it's my favorite. That's awesome. Yeah, I was wondering I where that was it. going. That was, yeah, I can't deny it. That was an interesting uh, little tidbit there. Yeah, I don't know who gave you that, but as I, soon as I read it in the, uh, <laughs> the pre-screening here. Probably sussed I, him I out a little it. bit there, yeah, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. I'm sure you can have a little conversation with that individual I know afterwards. It it's okay. <laughs> so did you, did you face any personal hurdles in your life? Oh, sure. We all do. And what are some things that you've done to get through those? I think that's... You know, that's something that's very um, germane to where we are with our kids right now in District 129 is trying to build resilience, mm-hmm. uh, trying to build confidence, um, trying to encourage them not to shut down or quit when things get difficult. Yeah. And so um, that's kind of a basis for why we ask that about how do you approach challenges or uh, whether they're personal or professional, and then how do you help resolve them? How do you, how do you respond to those? I, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've faced both personal and professional challenges on a, uh, on a daily basis, but to go a little, a little deeper into that, you know, I've been very fortunate to, to have great role models. Uh, not only that, you know, I was born in, born into a, a great family, um, spiritually, um, faith wise, um, always, always grew up going to church, um, and all that stuff and, and discussing that and learning it as a family. Um, so I've always had that in my background, which is, which is incredible you know, um, to have, and I'm incredibly fortunate to, to have had, you know, my, my dad is a phenomenal role model and, and my mom as well, but I know not everybody has that when you face for me, like when I face a hurdle, either personally or professionally, there are times where, you know, I, I, of course I'm scared, (laughs) you know, I'm scared to screw up. I'm scared to fail. You know, I'm scared of if I fail, what next, you know, do I, did I put too much stake into this? And now I've lost it. Then what? But what I've come to learn over the years is, I mean, you just have to face it. You know, like the, the very first time I, I did the physical test for 
the uh, police department at the police academy for NIU. I failed. Mm. I uh, I failed to run, and it, there's there's a different you know set of exercises that you have to do, and um, I had just finished the sit up portion, stood up, and a, a guy pointed at me and said, "All right, get in this group, and then go." So I, and I had just finished. You know, it wasn't his fault. Sure, it was my fault. I wasn't physically prepared, you know, to to go from one exercise to the other. Which over time, I've learned that you need to be prepared. You know what you're getting yourself into. Prepare appropriately for it. Mm. Um, and then when the unexpected comes, you're even you know better prepared to to handle that. Is it going to go perfectly? Is it going to go smoothly? No. It's okay if you fail, but work at fixing it for the future. You know, I had two days to come back and pass that run, and I did. You know, I I just put it in my mind's eye that I wasn't going to fail. Sure. And um, Actually, you know, the image that was in my head was a badge, you know, and, and what that represented. And uh, I kept telling myself as I'm running, heaving, <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> you know, do you want it or not? You know, and if you want it, you need to you need to hustle, you know. So and that was that was day one of the police academy. That's good advice for, for all of our folks out yeah, there. That's it, for sure. It, it just to me, it's like it, I, I can't stand it when people say failure is not an option. Failure happens in my opinion, you know, and, and it's what you do afterwards that makes you a better person. I guess. Absolutely. You know, yeah, you can't, you can't win everything. You're not going to get everything. You're not going to succeed at everything. You're not going to agree with everybody. You know, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of sentiment out there that people can um, associate with when they think about being afraid to fail, mm. being afraid to make a mistake in someone's eyes. Sure. Uh, but know that it's okay because you know, if you, if you really want to be successful, come back and try it again right. and again and again until you get there. Yeah. And uh, I think you've kind of just shared uh, your perspective on that that I think will help a lot of folks as well. Uh, you know, you talked a little bit about being prepared uh, and to be able to own the fact that, that you can control some of your own destiny. What are some things that you wish you had known when you first started out as uh, a police officer? Uh, and somebody told me this later on in my career but early on i wish i had known and like actually kn known that it's a marathon and not a sprint uh. <laughs> you know um i was so i was so excited early on you know uh, to have gotten past the academy to have gotten past the the fto program and the in-house training and and all that stuff that comes along with it. Because it's not like, you know, you get hired and start tomorrow. Right. You know, you, you get hired, you do in-house, you go to the academy for a few months. Then you have to come back and, and you go through field training for four months. And then uh, then you're on probation. So, but I think early on, I just, I wanted too much too soon. You know, it was like, all right, I made it. And now what? You know, I want this now. Okay, I want this now. And instead, I, I should have just learned to be patient and learn the job, you know, early on, there's just the foundation of it before I started grasping at things that were either to the side Which or is not unnatural for someone that's new into a profession or in their sure. youth. I mean, naturally they aspire and they want things to happen at a quicker pace. Right. So how, how many years down the road did you get this sage advice about the marathon versus the sprint? Uh, I, I'd say about three years. Okay. You know, three years into it. And, uh, you know, I, I had put in for a couple things that I didn't get. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, and it wasn't like a, a slap in the face, like, Hey, you're not going to get that <laughs> right now. It was, it was more of a, uh, 
you're not ready. Yeah. You know, you, you really need to understand where you're at right now before you can go anywhere else. And it kind of reminds me of like uh, John Maxwell's five levels of leadership mm-hmm. and, and the position. So I had the position. Now I, you know, I hadn't even come close to the permission yet um, to earning the, the respect of others and the, the permission to lead somebody else in something else. So in the educational world, you get that, that teacher that finishes their first year of teaching and wants to know how soon can they get to be the principal. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's kind of, yeah, exactly. Understood. That's, that's uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a great advice, and I hope people heard that loud and clear. Regardless of what field or endeavor you pursue, um, I think there's, there's, some, uh, there's some wisdom in enjoying where you are and, right. and gleaning everything that you can from that, that opportunity mm-hmm. and knowing that that's just something you put in your, your backpack of, of resources for the next opportunity. Correct. And don't worry about jumping steps so fast and, and hopping from position to position. Right. Uh, but, but learn as much as yep. you can and then take it and use it. Correct. So I'm going to ask you a two-part question. I'm going to ask you from with your, your police officer hat mm-hmm. and then your citizen of Aurora hat. Sure. What's a message that you would want to share to everyone listening as an Aurora police officer? Well, always help others before you help yourselves. But that's that comes from well, videos. I would say uh, call us because hmm. there are often times that we don't get called until after the fact or something has gone so far beyond um, somebody else's control where we could have been an instrumental portion of it early on. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Where it's uh, I'll take for instance like social media. You um. There are instances where uh, something gets said and it, it goes out onto social media and then next thing you know, it's it shared. It, it's like that, what's that, that game operator telephone or wherever where the message gets sent and sent ah, and sent and, and it yeah. starts breaking down and, and becoming convoluted and uh, you know, blows up into something much bigger than it needed to be in, in the early stages. And oftentimes, you know, it does become a police matter, but but you know, people don't usually contact us until later on in the process. What that does for us is creates a huge um, endeavor with trying to track people down and find out what the initial event or incident even was, you know, now that we're sifting through rumor and trying to get to factual information. Um, And I think portions of that are because, you know, people want to handle it on their own. Maybe they don't, they don't think it's a police issue right away and, and they want to see for themselves what's rumor and what's factual. But I beg of them to let us in on square one. Interesting. That would be a good bumper sticker. <laughs> APD, call us. Call us. Yeah, because it, it's, uh, there are oftentimes, even as an SRO, where you, know, you, you find out much later into something than you wish and you wish you were notified right away. You spend a lot more time unraveling. Correct. Absolutely correct. So call us. So <laughs> dad, husband, family man. Yes, sir. John Q. Citizen. Yes. What's your message you want to share from that perspective? You know, we kind of talked about it before, and I would say uh, be present, you know, um, not just physically, but be there, be present, whether, you know, whether you're the, the husband, the father, the citizen, the, um, you know, wife, a mother, uh, whatever the case may be, uh, make a conscious decision to, I can't say decision, make a conscious decision 
to be present, to be there, uh, be involved. If you're a parent, get involved in your kid's uh, school. Get involved. And, and not, you, does that mean you have to join the PTA and all that stuff? No, but go to parent-teacher conferences if you can. Sure. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Um, be there. Uh, go through their backpacks. You know, I, my, my wife and I do that. You know, you have to go through there because if you don't, next thing you know, it's a month later and there's a stack of papers in there. And where did this permission slip come from? Well, I need it signed by tomorrow. Well, guess what? It was due a week ago and now you're not going. So I, I could go on and on, but, um, but be present, you know, and, and, and like I said, not just physically, emotionally, mentally, and, uh, you know, just do your best. So two bumper stickers, police officer, <laughs> call us, call us. Citizen, be present. Be present. Love it. Nothing but concise. That's awesome. <laughs> so now I'm going to ask you to be a little more philosophical. How would you coach, mentor, counsel mm -hmm. someone who is contemplating going into the world of law enforcement? Um, I'd ask them first if the line at the fire department was shorter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love fire. I actually you may have to defend that with, with your, uh, your brethren I, in the fire department. I, I, now. No, I have, to, I have to defend it by saying the, that before I did ride-alongs, I went and toured the fire stations first. Ah. So at the suggestion of my father. Um, but anyway. Probably because well, they eat better. They don't go to Taco Bell. <laughs> no, they, no, they cook for themselves, and they, they, they do a great job, too. It's awesome. When you, when you stop in, like, mid-shift, and they're, they're cooking dinner, it's like, whoa. Man, that looks delicious. <laughs> and then they then their alarm goes off, and they're like, "Ah, well, enjoy, because we got to go handle this." But, um, but no. In all seriousness, um, to somebody new, I would say, um, or somebody that's even thinking about it, um, I would tell them first off, be prepared to see what real life looks like. Mm. Philosophically, I I guess, <laughs> um, especially in law enforcement, right, or uh, first responders for that matter, even our our, our firemen, our EMS personnel. What I mean by that is uh, people don't usually call us when they have their best day. Yep. You know, it's always an emergency or, you know, maybe if it's not an emergency to you, it's an emergency to them and it's real. And, um, you know, they may not be able to articulate everything right away. You know, they, they just know that they need you and they know that they need you right now and that you need to get there. And um, so I would, I would tell them be, be prepared to see people at their worst, and do everything that you can to make it better. It's great. You know, it, it's, um, I'm not sure a lot of folks would go through that thought process because they probably see the, you know, the allure of, of being a police officer, as you were excited when you sure. got through your, your uh, training pieces. But you're right, people are at their most vulnerable uh, when they reach out to emergency services of any kind. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, even in the school district, we see people that are in challenging crisis for a variety of reasons, and, and uh, it's not always the pretty side. Right. Uh, but you're right, that's, and that's why we, we do what we do. And I, um, I applaud you for sharing that, because I think it's something that people need to be very thoughtful when they go into roles that are important to our community, such sure. as the law enforcement. So yeah. when I say, like, you know, it way. may not be an emergency to you, but to somebody else. I mean, there was a time, um, and I'll use this as an example. <sighs> I forget what year it was that we had that nasty blizzard come through. Was that like 2011 maybe or so, somewhere around there? Um, but I'm driving down Route 59 coming up to New York Street. Uh -huh. And the roadway, for the most part, was okay. Um, it was a lot of the side streets with the drift snow that was really bad. And uh, I came, came up to the intersection. There was a car in the middle of the intersection. 
and uh, it was just sitting there. And I, I'm in a uh, Ford, what do we have, Crown Vic. And uh, so that's rear-wheel drive and terrible in the snow. But uh, we, we were doing okay. So And here's this little car sitting in the middle of the intersection. No particular like snow mounds around it and uh, lights on. So I throw my, uh, my squad lights on. I get out and I walk up to the window. And um, the driver rolls down the window and they are frozen stiff in, uh. in fear and shock. Like, I can't go anywhere. I, my car will not move. I'm like, all you have to do is... Put your foot on the gas and and turn the wheel. You're going to be okay. And uh, driver did that, and they were on their way. And and just like, thank you, thank you so much. You saved me. It's like, you know, it, it, to me, that's you know, I, I'm I'm out and about in the snow all the sure. time and and doing this kind of thing. But this situation of just being in the snow and it was heavy, right? No doubt about it. But that fear had overcome, you know, the driver, and and that was an emergency right then and there you had those so, words of encouragement right just That's awesome. just just do that <laughs> you know understand well, that this has been uh been insightful um it's a different side of you that that we don't always get to get to see we we know the the jovial right uh gregarious all those the polysyllabic words shoulders yeah. kind of stuff yeah are there any final thoughts that you would like to share with our listeners that maybe we didn't cover today or maybe there was a question that you hoped that would probe and didn't get there um you know i just when i say at the end of my videos help others before you help yourselves i really mean it you know and it's not just a it's not just a catchphrase or or something that i came up with um just to throw at the end of my video i legitimately mean you know think of others before you think of yourself to me there is no there's nothing greater that a human can do than to um you know put somebody else ahead of themselves so you know that that's just it for me you know so we've had several bumper stickers here today. <laughs> and maybe maybe you'll people pick up on it so we've got Collis yeah. from apd we've yeah. got from uh from all around guy around town chris weaver says be present right and then help right. others before helping yourself yeah that's it hard words to live by <laughs> Well, um, Officer Weaver, we just really, really appreciate you taking the time to come visit with us today. And I hope people uh, take away some great messages and then learn a little more about who you are and what you're sure. about and what makes you tick. This yeah, has I been exciting. So. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I would like to uh, uh, share with everyone, please remember you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, including iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and the TuneIn Radio app. I would encourage you to subscribe to a broadcast and please give us your feedback so we can continue to improve our discussions. Officer Chris Weaver, thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dr. Craig. I appreciate you. You bet.